good evening. Did y'all see that tongue wagging? I, back in the day, I used to think I was Michael Jordan, and I'd always walk around with my tongue out. It was game time when I had that tongue out. Now, I'd miss all kind of shots after that, but I wanted to be Michael Jordan. I had the wristband and everything. <laughs> I'm talking about another guy I like tonight, too. I think about like my top five people that I like, and I don't know why I like him so much, but I really do. I, I'm, I really like this guy, and I want to meet this guy one day. You know, Jesus, number one. Uh, probably my number two would be Daniel, uh, and then I don't know. You, I don't know who three and four would be, but probably uh, number three would be uh, Josiah. And that's who I want to talk about this evening. Josiah, and he's found, his story's found in 2 Kings 22. 2 Kings 22, and he's got a, another mention in, uh, in Chronicles, and we'll go to it just briefly, but I kind of want to talk about him and, and just briefly uh, tell a little bit about his story. What a awesome king Josiah was. I want to make my main thrust of my lesson this evening come from 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 25. It says, now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. According to the All the law of Moses, nor after him, did any arise like him. The Bible says, No one, no king before him or after him turned to the Lord with all of his heart, soul, and might. And this evening I want to look at that and encourage us and challenge us through the life of Josiah to see how we can. Turn to the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and might. This is a very uh, interesting thing. It's almost scientific interesting, and I'm not really smart in that area, but it really, it really is an a, a interesting thing about this boy named Josiah. His name means Yahweh supports him. He was the last good king in Judah. Let me give you a little bit of history about him. Just let me uh, get us up to the second, uh, 22nd chapter in 2 Kings. He, he was the last good king in Judah. He reigned from about 640 to 609 B.C. His grandfather's name was Manasseh, and he reigned for 55 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. The king before him was named Hezekiah, who reigned for 29 years. And he did right in the sight of the Lord. You know, in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, uh, 1 and 2 Chronicles, it gives you the list of the kings uh, in Israel and in Judah, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and they would say, this king such and such did right in the sight of the Lord, or this king... Uh, reigned for such and such amount of years and he did 
uh, right in the sight of the Lord or evil. Either way it would go, it was always uh, mentioned whether they did right. But all the work that Hezekiah, who was somebody who did right in the sight of the Lord, for 29 years taking down the high places where people worshipped these other gods and did all these things, this 29 years worth of making the kingdom right, Manasseh reigned for 55 years and went the exact opposite. Here's some of the things that Manasseh did, and you can find it in uh, 2 Kings chapter 21, but... He raised up altars for Baal. He worshipped all the stars of the heavens. He built altars for all these stars in the temple. The temple of God. The temple of Jehovah, Yahweh. He built altars uh, in the courts. The two courts, he built all these altars for uh, people to worship these different stars and these different gods, these wooden images. Uh, some say that he was uh, one who, you know, the, the god Moloch was a god who uh, was a, a metal type god and they would heat him up and his arms were open like this and the way you worshipped Moloch was you put your baby on these arms and killed your baby. It said that he made his sons pass through fire. He practiced witchcraft, consulted mediums and spiritists. He said all these carved images, the, the image of Asherah in the house of the Lord. Very, very disrespectful things. And look what, let me just read a portion of uh, Manasseh in... Uh, 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 7 through 12. Listen to this. He even set a carved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which the Lord had said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which I have chosen, out of all the tribes of Israel I will put my name forever, and I will not make the feet of Israel wander any more from the land which I gave their fathers. Only if they are careful to do according to all that I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they paid no attention. And Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. This guy did more evil than all the people that God was destroying and he was the king of Judah. And the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wicked than all the Amorites who were before him, and has also made Judah sin with his idols. Therefore thus says the Lord of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. God ain't playing no more. This is where God is done with the southern tribe. 
Over and over he tells them, do right in my sight and I'll bless you. Do right in my sight and I'll give you these things. And, and here they are, uh, Manasseh doing more evil than anybody else. And he dies and then his uh, son Ammon takes over. Ammon uh, is, uh, only reigns for two years and he is such a good guy that his servants plot and they kill him. And then we get to Josiah. 2 Kings 22, verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Eight years old. That's a young boy. And here he was, king of Judah. And look at verse 2. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. That's a great thing to be... Uh, that's a great uh, accomplishment to have written in, the, in God's Word, isn't it? somebody who didn't turn to the right or the left. He has grown up not many years. He's only eight. But he's grown up in an environment that is terrible. He's grown up in an environment that isn't even close to anything that is uh, what it's supposed to be. A total disrespect to God in all kind of ways. Flip with me one more time to 2 Chronicles. We're going to hang in 22, but just get with me on this. 2 Chronicles 35. I want to set this up for y'all. I want to set this up, and many of you know this story, but I want to set it up so you can appreciate it. I want you to be able to appreciate the type of guy Josiah was. Second Chronicles 35. Sorry, 34, my bad. <laughs> Tricking y'all. It's awesome to hear them pages flipping, though. This is nice. Kind of cool. Second Chronicles 34 verse 3 it says for in the eighth year of his reign while he was still young he began to seek the God of his father David and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places the wooden images the carved images and the molded images When Josiah was 16 years old, it says he began to seek the God of his father David. We know who that God is, right? And then when he was 20, he begins to clean up Jerusalem. Think about the disaster that Jerusalem is in. 57 years worth of not doing what God wants them to do. 
57 years of it, of terrible things, of terrible acts, of terrible worship in the temple. Think about when you first obeyed the gospel. You're probably like me. You were so excited about it, right? You were so excited that you obeyed the truth. You understood the truth. You knew exactly what you were doing and you were excited to be a child of God. And as the years have gone by, you slowly calm down. You slowly lose that excitement and become just one of the things that you do, the normal routine that you do. Think about if you're here tonight and you're a new Christian. You've just obeyed the gospel and you are excited, but you don't know what to do exactly. You don't know exactly what you need to do as far as obeying God or, I mean, what do I need to do? Whether you've been here as a child of God for a long time or you've been here as a child of God for a short time, this point holds true for all of us. How hard are we seeking the God of David? And I'm not talking about just in the general sense of seeking I'm thinking about with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That 2 Kings 23-25 verse says that he turned... Now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. The Hebrew word turned means to turn back. So he turned back. This is interesting stuff, man. God's word is just unbelievable. If you open it up and let it just get you. So he turns back with all. That word all, totality, everything. All you got. This ain't Jesus we're talking about. We're talking about a man, a regular man like us. And then it says, with all of his heart. We know that the heart in Bible means your mind, your will, your understanding. And here's where it even gets deeper. Your soul. The, the, the living being in you, in deep down inside of you. You know, the activity of your thinking, the activity. The, the, the deepest part of you. Not just these outside motions, that deep inner part of you. 
and your might with all of your force. I want to serve God with all of me. Here I am, Lord, use me. All of me. No other king. No other king. Not even David. We're talking about David and Goliath. What was he known for? What did the Bible say that he was? He was a man after what? God's own heart, right? But Josiah was a person who seen the things that were going on in Jerusalem, seen the things that were going on, and he turned. He could have continued very well down that same path that Manasseh and his, his, his daddy Ammon did. But he turned and he began to seek, to practice, to study. That Hebrew word seek is to practice, study, to follow with application. If we think about From the depths of our heart, the first thing that I'd like for us to think about is, are we a seeker? A seeker. (laughs) Because if you're a seeker, then you're going to do what God wants you to do. Here's a man who had to stand in opposition of people doing the wrong thing for a long time. And the second thing, if we're going to serve the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might, yes, we've got to be a seeker, and we've also got to make sure that the temple has no other gods in it. No other gods in it. Look at 2 Kings 22, verses 3 through 7. Now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan the scribe and the son of Azalah and the son of Meshulam to the house of the Lord, saying, Go to Hilkai, the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people, and let them deliver in it into the hand of those doing the work who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work to repair the damages of the house. So here's a man. He was 26. At 16, he begins to seek the Lord. At 20, he starts ripping down high places. This man is on a mission. 
Is he on a mission to exalt himself to bring all the glory to him? No. What he's doing is bringing glory and honor back to Yahweh, to Jehovah, to God Almighty. And he's fixing the temple. You know, when I think about that, I think about 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. We know this verse. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God. And you are not your own. You remember what he told uh, uh, David and Solomon that this is my house forever. This is my house. You're not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. And in your spirit. Which are God's. Man, that, that gets me thinking about really what I'm doing. About really what I'm, how I'm acting, what I'm talking about, what I'm doing in my life, what's in my life. Josiah knew those idols in the temple were wrong. And he starts ripping them down. What about the idols in our life? And I'm not saying don't do things that you love to do. But when do those things that you love to do become more important than doing what God wants you to do, huh? They distract you from seeking God with everything you got. Here's the thing. This man did it with everything he got. I'm not even close to that. Man, I wish I was that close. Here was a man who totally devoted his life. He could have sat back and just done evil. He could have done whatever he wanted to. He made it a point to be different. He made it a point to be pleasing to God. Think about your life. Do we do like Manasseh and just ignore it or continue to do evil until it gets to a point where we can't even fix it? It's gotten so far out of hand. <laughs> There's all kinds of idol and stuff in the temple. Oh well, it's alright. We can't fix it now. Which brings me to my third and final point. Not only do we seek Him, if we are truly turning to the Lord with all of our heart and our soul and our might, not only do we do that by seeking, not only do we do that by cleaning out the temple, this is my favorite one. If we are serving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might like Josiah, faithfulness is not a question. It's just what you do. It's just what you do. 
while they are repairing the temple, the high priest Hilkai finds the book of the law. Look at verse 8. The high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and having delivered it into the hand of those who do the work who oversee the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. They weren't following the law the way that God had told them. Here was a man who was seeking, wanting to do the things, and now he had the actual law in the book to tell him how to do it. He could have stopped. Once he realized that they weren't doing the things that they were supposed to do, he could have stopped and went back to to doing whatever his daddy and and granddaddy was doing, but he didn't. He seeks a... he, He wants to know what the Lord says, so he seeks for a prophet because he wants to find out what has happened. What do we need to do to get back to where we're right? And look at verse 15. They come to this prophetess named Huldah. And she says, Then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord concerning the thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants. And they would become a desolation and a curse. You tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you say, says the Lord, Surely, therefore I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. Think about it. Here was Josiah hearing that his kingdom, the people he loves and had rule over, are not going to make it. My wrath shall be aroused against this place and it ain't going to be quenched. It's over.
but he'll be saved. Because your heart was tender and humbled to my word. Hey, here's a great illustration of somebody who is around other people who aren't doing the right thing. Here's a great example of somebody who is surrounded by pure evil. And guess what? He was faithful. He continued. He never stopped. And God knew it. God knows your heart. He knew the outcome. He knew the outcome of what was going to happen, but he did not relax. He continues on. He continues on so much that in chapter 23, right at the beginning, he says, Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book and all the people took a stand for the covenant. This man was a soldier. He stood up and made a covenant in front of everybody. Think about it. Think about this covenant. Think about your life. Think about the way that you act. Think about the things that you do that are in accordance to God's will. Think about the way that you live your life. Think about the time that you spend with the Lord. Think about all those things... And listen to what he says. And think about it in the New Testament dispensation. The dispensation we're in. Yes, this is the Old Testament, but this is for our learning. That we can apply it to today. To what Jesus gave us. He says to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul and to perform the words of this covenant. Which goes back to what we talked about this morning. You hear it, do you perform it? It's one thing to hear it, it's one thing to know it, but it's a totally different thing to do it and apply it. Oh, the success that comes from applying God's word to your life. What's Jesus say? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, right? I want to close with this. Josiah continues a mission. They end up having the first Passover 
They hadn't had a Passover in years. They finally have a Passover. He goes and he goes into other nations and he destroys uh, uh, temples and idols and he uh, completes prophecies from long time ago. But you know what he did at the end of it all? He turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. And that's not Jesus. That's not somebody who doesn't sin. That's a regular, like I would say, that's a regular cat. That's a regular guy. But I know he was overjoyed probably when he read this, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2, which says, Now it shall come to pass... If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and it shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Josiah knew that if he obeyed, he'd be blessed. And brethren, we know this also. This lesson goes so close to what I preached this morning. When we obeyed the gospel and became a child of God, we became blessed. We received forgiveness, man, of our sins. Forgiveness of our sins and put in a right relationship with God. Because of what Jesus did for us. Will we seek Him? Will we clean out that mess in our temple? Will we be faithful? Turning to Him with all that we got. Not just that generic, yeah, I want to serve the Lord. No, with everything inside of you. When temptations come, when struggles come, I don't do it because I don't want to. I want to close with this song. I heard it a long time ago when I was a kid and it really made me, as I was doing this lesson, think about it. And this song uh, came right to my mind. And I want you to think about this song as you go out this week. Please, think about it. It says, I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I'm not, everything I got, I'm yours, Lord. Try me out and see. And see if I can be completely yours. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I'm not, everything I got, I'm yours, Lord. Try me out and see, and see if I could be completely yours. Man, what a song. What a thought. Are you struggling here today? Are you struggling in your life? 
Jesus died for us so we can have the ability to have our sins forgiven if we've messed up, if we've not done the right thing. Do you need to repent? Do you need prayers? Do you need to obey the gospel? If you need to obey the gospel, if you need to be baptized in water for the remission of your sins, you can right now. Together we stand and sing.